What up, though? This is your boy CB. That's Chilby. This is the Chill Bravado Podcast, where I bring you a series called Laker 8216. And that's what we cover the grind of an 82 game long season. And it takes 16 wins to get the chip in the end. We are coming off of a six game road trip. Um, if you've listened to any of the past episodes, um, I wanted to go four and two to be like the most positive and most encouraging, you know, type of record to go doing it just because it would have told us a lot. We end up going three and three, which was the more realistic goal. So I'm fine with it. This is this is the more likely prediction that I had and a lot of others had. So going three and three on the road due to the circumstances, we're going to talk about that. Today, I'm going to talk about the ups and downs of LeBron James. We're going to talk about some of the trade um, implications that's been going out right now. Uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming matchup against Boston, and we look at our record going up here until we get to that December 15th date where you can start making trade for guys who got their contracts signed during the offseason. And I got a little mini rant um, about AD fans slash haters and our haters, whichever one you want. So we'll be right back with all that and more on Laker 82-16. Amen, amen. Pretty much everybody had the same sentiment. We was looking at 500 being a realistic goal, and just as he spoke, and I'll say over the last couple of games, I heard the word resilient, resilient. You know, I heard Russ say it. I heard AD say it. LeBron kind of speaks of it and the way he describes his road trip. And it, it was a, a win, not not very, uh, not a good win to watch because I was like, man, we're going to blow this to Detroit Pistons. But they did go on and beat the Pistons last night so we'll always take that we'll live with that like i said that got us to it the three and three we, we had that that three you know loss right there we came against the Cavs, and this was probably one of the most amped up i know i was hyped because on tnt i wanted to see charles bark on these guys eat their words didn't turn out that way unfortunately it ended up being 88 minutes in um going out and he not only missed the whole um game against the Cavs, but he also missed the back-to-back against toronto which led to um, LeBron who missed the game against Toronto because that was an eyesore to watch as well so we really needed this so you know and, and then to get us we could have got the four and two if only AD and Austin Reeves were find a way to make those free throws at the end of that wild Philly game I'm not even not even going to talk about that game we could have they, they, they wanted to give us the game like Philly was like no Lakers CB said y'all should go four and two and we're going to give you a shot. And they fumbled the ball, fumbled the bag, and maybe say, well, 3-3 three and three was always a realistic goal. 
So just moving forward, here we are. We sit here, and I say my thoughts after this game and this stretch. We still need to make a trade. The trade needs to be made. Um, the AD illness stole the joy of the road trip for me. Um, the fans, the fans, the fans, the fans. When I see him getting some notoriety and some respect, and you know, I, I said, I'm gonna do something I don't normally do. I'm gonna go read the comments of some of the bigger, you know, the Bleacher Reports and the, you know, the ESPN. I'm gonna go read the comments of, of them giving the stretch the AD's had. And everybody that that were hating, not all, not 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 all the comments, but everybody who chose to hate or discredit the Lakers was saying, "Up, oh, AD will be hurt soon. Up, oh, AD's soft. Up, oh, other guys play better. He's still not better than this guy." You know, and it was just amazing that the theme that I seen throughout a lot of the hate, you know, is that they they're expecting him to get hurt. They're expecting him to not play games. They're expecting him to, or oh, in two weeks he'll be, you know. And this is just discouraging me that people are that miserably minded that they'll think like, oh, well, the only way we're going to stop this guy is that he gets hurt. The only thing that's going to stop this guy is if he's injured and he's plagued by injuries again. And we act like that's a part of the game. Like, no, injuries are part of the game. But we act like a part of the greatness of players is like severely impacted by them being injured or not. Like, if he had a career in the injury and it stopped before he even got to L.A., you would say, man, what if? But A.D., who is now going into the peak of his career, and he's fought through some some tough years having these random and you know injuries. And now we, we criticize the injuries, and half people don't even know what the injuries were. They didn't see it happen. They didn't watch the games. They just watched, you know, with ESPN and Stephen A. and Charles and all these guys say, and they just go off that. But it's unfortunate. But, I mean, that's not going to change. I don't care about those fans. They can say what they want. It's just unfortunate when you watch a team grind and you watch a, a player with this skill set and, and, and not just a guy on his level, but just guys who have made it to this level and they just cannot get out the way of injuries and the injury bug strikes. So shame on those fans who just saying, well, we want we don't want him to be successful. Don't worry, he'll be hurt soon. It's like you you're begging for him to get hurt so you can have something to talk about and laugh about. I don't want to run on that too long because that's not really what I do. So, um, just I just I just don't understand the whole waiting for him to fail thing. It just frustrates me. Um, but coming off of this this just this run we had right now, I'm gonna come back in get myself resettled. We're gonna talk about the trades. We're gonna talk about you know, do we trade? When I say we, I mean Palenka and the Lakers because we, we, we need to sit back and watch. Also, I want to talk about LBJ's ups and downs as well as just getting into, you know, the Boston matchup on TNT. Once again, I have another chance to talk about them showing up a big, you know, you know competitor, the, the rival on TNT. And I'll be right back to break all that down now that I've got that little minute. It wasn't even a big grab by AD. It's just unfortunate that people think like that just, just because he played for the Lakers. Nobody cared about his injuries when he was with the Pelicans. Nobody cares. But when now that he was in LA, I get it. But when I come back, we're going to get back to doing what we do, and that's grind. Laker 82-16. All right, let's get right back to it. And I want to point out in that game, we had a guy in Bogdanovich who has been linked and rumored to be a guy that maybe could be a trade piece for the Lakers. And if he didn't put on an audition for that. My goodness, man. This guy went crazy in the third quarter, just shooting over the top of guys. I give Pat Bev credit. I don't give him a lot of credit, but early in the game, he was kind of, 
you know, doing the best he could to keep him on the wrap. But when he went out in that third quarter, he started getting guarded by Dennis Schroeder and Lonnie Walker and all these other various guys. Yeah, you can see the difference. So when Pat came back in the game, it really didn't matter. No, but Donovan's done his damage. He was still cooking. He slowed down in the fourth quarter, but he still was effective. And he showed us that, man, this guy, despite, you know, they lost the game. It wasn't because of him. He was out there lighting it up, shooting the basketball. And and then I could just vision him, a Buddy Hill, just out there, just begging for the open three when someone doubles off AD and LeBron when they do their pick and roll. Or Russ, who, who quite naturally, who has a couple passes, even though he got benched in the fourth, we'll talk about that a little later. It was, man, the pass he had to AD when he was on, you know, coming down the baseline, the kind of that quote dunker spot, as we call it, and drops it off to AD in the paint, and, and this beautiful, just, it's just plays Russ make. When he makes a good play, it looks great. When he makes a bad play, you, you're just scratching your head. And I could see why Ham did the pulling because I was even one point saying, man, just put Russ back in the game because LeBron starts shooting the fadeaways, and I was getting nervous because I was like, here we go. Um, but it was a sequence of Russ trying to throw a fast break ahead and it got tipped and then went back the other way and swing into, you know, like a five-point swing. Like they had a three on the previous possession, I think, already scored. And then they come back get off the turnover and get another point off the Russ turnover. And then there's a case where Russ came down quickly and tried to, you know, shoot up and like, I guess it was a two-for-one situation. Don't quote me. It was just he came and shot an ill-advised three, missed it, going another way. And this is right now when Detroit's cooking, like everybody's hitting like, City Bay's hitting threes. You know, Bogdanovich is hitting threes. Corey Joseph hit a three. Um, even, you know, I mean, it just it was just getting bad, man. Ivy's attacking the rim. So it, it was getting to the point where I'm like, oh, here we go again. So to fight and call out of this and get a win out of this, I don't even encourage. I just say we did what we had to do, which lets me know this team needs to trade. Cam Reddish is a guy who's came up. I don't really know what he will bring, you know, as far as like I haven't seen him play enough. But just the size he has and the skill set he's um, he's shown in his young career, being a young guy, I see some people say it's better than him to go to a rebuilding team. But a guy like him, who's like what six, seven, six, eight, 23 years old, has the ability to shoot the three ball, um, the length that you can use and groom. I would love to see a guy like him get here because then you can also say, well, maybe moving forward in the future. You know, because Lonnie Walker has shown us that just having a young athletic guy who can move has been a Big benefit. Lonnie hit some big shots early in the first. His big shots early in the third. He has 18 points. You don't really think about it. Like, oh, he had 18. Like, you know, but Lonnie really, con- you know, contributes for a guy who's not going to get a lot of touches, who's not going to get, um, you know, any type of thing ran for him. He's just going to create, you know, throughout the offense. And and I love that seeing Lonnie do that. But, you know, if he had another young guy who's, who's a little bit bigger, who might can guard up, um, can and, and can Reddish great Bogdanovich who show he can shoot the lights you know the seams off the ball great what if you can get both of those guys I know it's not likely but what, I'm just just imagine if you can have a Cam Reddish and a Bogdanovich Bogdanovich who's a little older I think he's like 33 about to be 34 years old so he's not a guy who you're looking for long term but if you can get like the the trade around the margins without having to give up Russ and all these first round picks Bogdanovich would be a good guy to get Cam Reddish would be a good guy to get Turner seems unlikely now. I heard the Kuz stuff going on, and people saying the Kuz make comments saying that he doesn't really want to play. You know, you know he's got to spread his wings a little bit. He's not really looking to come back and be behind. But I, I don't believe that fully. But I mean, it might be true. But now that we need a guy like Kuz, it's so ironic that we look at his roster and say, "Man, we need a guy like Kuz, that size, that can shoot, that can create." And 
you know, just going back to Russ being benched in the fourth, like moving forward, the formula still might be trading Russ. Like it might have to happen because you got a guy. It's not the player that I'm. I'm. I love the play of Russ of late. It's just he is forty-seven million dollars. That's one player. If you could get two guys that that can give you different things, but do you want to lose that Russ energy off the bench? I mean, like, or do you even need that Russ energy off the bench if you have the the starters? It's going to actually give you a, a starting chance because our starters, although they did, it started off better against Detroit. It's still every team we go against. It's always been the same thing. We start out slow. We have to claw way back in with the second unit, in the, and then we get in the groove of things, and LeBron works his way in. And it just kind of just, unfortunately, just shows this team needs a trade. And I'm just not even convinced, or I'm not even going to pretend to be an expert to know what trade needs to be made. But it needs to happen if you want to go and put yourself in the mix of being in the running for the playoffs and not just the play-in. Like, with this roster, I feel like we can get to the play-in. If we hit an amazing stretch, we can even get six. But if you want to get yourself out of this hole because the West is still an open book when it comes to wanting to be like seating, like I'm not really talking about like who we better than, but as far as seating wise, you can still make a run and get yourself out of that, you know, bottom tier spot. Get yourself out of that play in range. It's still a possibility, but how early can the trade be made? which is December 15th is when the guys, I know I keep preaching it, the guys who got signed in the offseason, that's when you'll start seeing more. You know, we were begging for trades, but some of these guys who signed their deals are not, you know, not, you know, they can't be moved until a certain time. So December 15th is what the NBA sets is okay. Those guys have now passed the restriction of, of being traded after signing the deal. Now they can be moved. So that's another reason fans need to realize is that part of it. You got to wait. To, you know, to, you know, to have the talks with these teams with guys who couldn't even be moved. But you know, now we're at this space where we're about to get there, and we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about the Boston Celtics matchup as well as um, just the upcoming schedule we have, and then we're gonna get out of here because I'm just ready to see what we do against Boston. That's it. So the rest of the stuff we got past the road trip. Let's see what Boston brings. Let me, boy, chill. Be like your Right, Boston Celtics on TNT at home for the Lakers on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, man. I'm, I, I really want. Do they have Al Horford? Do they, you know, like, is he gonna be there? I don't know. So, if we have no Al, big Al, if we have no Robert Williams, that's advantage AD. So, we already know we, where our advantage lies, but we also gotta understand they still are very team. You know, a good defensive team. Like, they play team defense. They, and then they have the length and stuff to bother the people who are going to be doing the entry passes to AD. We're gonna, they're going to have people that can maybe bother Russ from getting in and fitting in those passes. They, it, it's going to be a tough matchup. And I think we need to see it again because that December 15th date is right around the corner. And we need – this is a stretch that we need to see. I'm sorry. Celtics. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the rundown. At home, Celtics, Nuggets, Wizards, all those back-to-back. Then we go on the road against the Suns and the Kings. And we're going to talk about all, you know, a little bit about them too, but just focus on this game. We need to see ourselves against the best team in the league, the best team in the Eastern Conference. So if they don't have Al Holford and they don't have Robin Williams, how are we going to take advantage of AD? Tatum and Brown serves a problem. That's the problem. How are we going to? defend those guys Tatum is a guy who I feel like we probably have a better chance of defending Jalen Brown to me poses a bigger threat 
Tatum, because some games Tatum would just not want to really go. He'll just shoot the three. He'll shoot the jumpers. And he won't really go off the dribble and attack. But I remember one year, a couple years ago, he went crazy on us. We still won that game, but he was he was doing it all. He was shooting the ball well. He was going off the dribble, floater, everything. And it was amazing. And I'm like, man, if he does that on, on this team, against this team we have, we're in trouble. We're going to get blown out. But we just seen Golden State smack them. So we see that Boston, you know, it depends on which one shows up. So Brown, to me, is a guy I'm nervous about because he likes to attack the basket. He's a guy who, if he gets going, Tatum's going to probably just feed off of that. And because Tatum really don't need much space to get the shot off. So if we, if Brown starts going downhill and kicking it out to Tatum, or we swing, swing, as we say, if, you know, Marcus Smart swing, swings it over and Tatum's open, it's pretty much money. It's cash. Now, um, Brogdon, a guy who we thought we had a chance to maybe get, ends up going to the Boston Celtics, the rivals, for you know, a bag of peanuts. And then they have Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is better at being Pat Bev than Pat Bev is, and he contributes more on the offensive and defensive end because of his size. He's younger. Um, he's just a better player. And, and, and he's the defensive player of the year. So, you know, we and but I want to see Pat Bev since he's obviously gonna get the playing time. We I'm just not even talking about anymore like who cares if he starts or not just talk we'll talk about december 15th because i'm not i'm not doing this whole pat bev need to be traded pat bev need to come off the bench thing i'm over it but marcus smart is a guy who i hope gets pat bev up for this game and say okay this guy's been doing it i get it but i do this too so just looking at this matchup and going in what can lebron do to make this game tilt because if we had the ad advantage how can we utilize that to get the lebron you know, opportunistic, you know, moments in the game. Because I just don't really depend on LeBron every game, in and out. He's up and down now. Like, it just depends on what nights he's going to have it. And LeBron, to me, in, in the full court, when he's able to have a head of steam, he's still the elite guy, transition guy. You don't really want to get in his way. You don't really, you know, you don't want him to have the ability to pass and kick and score. But in the half court, it's showing more and more now that he's just not able to turn that corner like he used to. He's not really, if you have a big than that, he's not just going to go down there and challenge and fall and do all that. He's not really doing that anymore. And, you know, one thing that I've, I've always said about LeBron is that, like, people talk about his athletic decline. It's not really that he's declined that much, you know, athletically. It's just he's just more, he's smarter about, you know, picking his battles, winning, going, you know, it's more like his ankles. He has that issue here and there. And I also will admit to me, like the quick twitch muscles that guys have. If you start to lose that, and I think LeBron has lost it, because it used to be a time when LeBron would bop, bop and get by a guy and get him on his shoulder or on his back and it's over. He's just going to the rim no matter who's there. I just don't think he has that anymore on a, on a play in, you know, type of basis. Maybe certain nights he has that where he can just get downhill and just demolish guys. But for the most part, it's really going to have to be him in transition being able to get that because I feel like the quick twitch muscle, that quick first step, is no longer there against every defender because now, guys, the help defense is there. He's not going to tower over guys and just dunk on them anymore like that. He has to get a certain distance from the basket before he's taking off anyway or he's trying to, you know, make the the crazy layups and, you know, in his around-the-rim um, accuracy, I'll say, has been a little lackluster over the years. But he still, if he can get that that three-ball dropping, that's going to save him making those trips, which we need to lean on the ADA um, advantage at all costs. Russ, 
you know, he's actually been finishing at the rim better this year, you know, because he, he's, he's getting himself more squared up. He's getting himself, you know, more lined up with the rim and not trying to run and jump off one foot the whole game. You know, he, he used to get in trouble because he'll try to just jump from way back like he used to and realize that's just not him. He's not able to have that lift anymore, but he's now able to use himself, pivot, step through, and, and get himself in front of the basket. So, and looking at the matches coming up, Boston has something that we I, I've always said we struggle. Guys that can get in the paint and can kick out the shooters. And when we have the Nuggets, we have a big fella who's going to live in the live in the lane in the you know in the Nuggets. And then if Murray can get going, I feel like we can beat the Nuggets. But if Jokic gets to going and kicking it out to guys, and we can't you know find a way to score, we're in trouble. The Wizards, um, I don't really know about them because we got to see them without Bradley Bill, but you know. I, I feel like we can win that game. It just depends on, you know, the health and, and, and if we play. You know, those things tie in. Now, the Suns of the Kings, both, they, they worry me. On the road, they got Chris Paul back. We know what they do. Guys that can get in the paint and kick out the shooters. We just don't have guys who can, you know, cover, you know, those type of ball handlers, the, the irky jerk. Like Fox, remember what he did to us? Those guys give us problems. So, the Celtics, the Sons of the Kings, I'm 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 very much more worried about. But the Nuggets and the Wizards, I feel like, although we're not unlocked to beat them, those are the guys who we are more accustomed to beat. So let's look, let's wait and see as the trades thing starts to heat up. And I don't expect there's something to happen on December 15th. Just from that point on, I'll be really, really listening to more of the reports. So here we are, guys. We're right back at it. Um, we're going to see what we do against Boston. I hope that we are able to contain Jalen Brown. If Al Horford's on play, take advantage, advantage of the matchup there. And we'll see you guys next time.